In the horse world, I've always said, I'm not very naturally talented at training horses, okay? But I took my negative and turned it into a positive, okay? So I, I have a saying, you know, it's the back of the hand. Your greatest strength in life is also your greatest weakness. So my weakness was I wasn't naturally talented at training animals and training horses, okay? But because I knew that, I had to work really, really hard to overcome that weakness, that natural weakness of mine. So I would probably say the most important thing for my success was work ethic. Just fucking work. Are you ready to decide it's your turn to live your most purposeful, profitable, passionate life? I'm Christina LeCure, former professional golfer turned confidence and success coach. I truly believe every one of us was put here for a God-given purpose, and it is our responsibility to live that fully. For well over a decade now, I've been turning my life as well as countless others around from feeling unworthy, incompetent, and without a purpose to living a life I cannot wait to wake up for even on days when shit hits the fan. And it all started with a decision. Yeah, you heard that right. I said God and shit in the same sentence. So clearly this won't be your typical podcast, but what I can assure you is that each week myself and my guests are going to enlighten you, fire you up and having you walk away with stories and strategies to not only boost your confidence, but give you hope that at any moment in time, you have the power to decide it's your turn. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. So today is going to be something very different. Today's podcast, I am kind of interviewing slash he's interviewing me, a gentleman named Clinton Anderson. And unless you're in the horse world, you probably don't know who he is. But if you are in the horse world, you probably definitely know him. He is the creator of Down Under Horsemanship. And how I came to know Clinton was my husband's cousin sent me a video and said, this man sounds exactly like you. And I don't know if it was his confidence, his clarity, or his cussing, but Clinton was really actually amazing. And he talks so much about business. And the podcast that he was on was called The Gage Podcast. And it got literally over a million, I'm sure it was much more than a million at this point in time, a million downloads. It was one of their absolute biggest episodes. And so I reached out to Clinton and said, I would love to have you on the podcast because the way that you talk about money, the way that you talk about confidence, the way you talk about your business is something that I really am down on. However, I will say we have very different opinions when it comes to some things. And you guys will hear that in today's podcast. I want you to listen to this podcast with an open mind. I want you to take from it, like I always say, take what you want and leave what you don't. Not everything that he says will probably be exactly what you want to hear. But if you really read between the lines, I think you're going to get a ton from this podcast. I enjoyed every moment of it. I definitely respect what he has done in business. And I think you guys are going to really enjoy today's episode. So here is my episode with Clinton Anderson. Hey, y'all, just wanted to let you know this is part two of the Clinton Anderson podcast. If you missed last week's episode, be sure to check it out. That was part one. Today, enjoy part two. Do you do anything outside of the horse world? Like, are you stoked about anything outside of the horse world? Is there like something that's tweaked your interest outside of the horse world? Oh, I get on fucking tangents. You know, I get on YouTube. I don't watch any TV. YouTube's my TV. Yeah. Because what I love about YouTube is anything you want to learn is there. Totally. So right now I'm into motorbikes. I don't have one, but I love learning about them. I want to get one. So I, I'm learning about them. I'm watching YouTube videos on it. 
you know, I'll get on a kick Like of, street bikes or like motor, like Harleys? Like Harleys, like okay. fat boys, shit like that. Okay. Custom Harleys, fat boys, things like that. Just, but I'll get on. So I'll get on, uh, you know, whatever I want to learn about. Yeah. Basically, YouTube's a library. It's totally. a world fucking library now. Totally. And you can learn. And, and not what I love about YouTube is, is whatever you want to learn about, there's people that will speak positively and negatively about the same subject. So you get balanced views there. If you watch mm-hmm. enough YouTube videos about this subject, you will hear a certain amount that are real positive, certain amount that are real negative. So you get a good balance there. So it's basically, to me, YouTube's like the world library now. Oh, it's totally you, is. You, you know what I mean? So I'll be on a cooking fucking binge for like three months. You love to cook? I love to grill. Not no cook, way. but I love to grill. Like, I'm, I don't mean to brag, but I'm real fucking good. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> what, do you, what do you cook? Like anything grilling, steaks, chicken, you name it on the grill, I'm fucking you a got monster. it. Do you but do like the the gold? What is it? The green egg and shit like that. No, like the no, smoker I, and I, shit. I have like um, just like wood fires, and I have a wolf grill, and I use the oven. shout out to Wolf, yeah. uncut and raw, sponsored yeah, by Wolf. Yeah, I have a, a bunch of different things like that, but I uh, I love the grill. I don't bake or anything like that. Yeah. Like typically, I'm a kind of a carnivore. I follow a lot of keto oh, and cool. carnivore diet, so I eat a lot of meat. Yeah. But but I like to grill and stuff like that. So now I've got more time to have passions like that. So yeah. really, I don't have any hobbies. I shoot some guns and I enjoy that. But honestly, uh, it'll sound stupid, but me going to the barn and just riding all day is kind of my hobby now because you re- you got to remember. 25 years ago, I wanted to be a horse trainer. Mm-hmm. I ended up being a people trainer. Mm-hmm. So I never got to train horses. I got to teach people. Now that I'm retired, I get to fuck with horses all day. And they don't talk back to me. Yeah, They don't drive me insane. It's me and the animals. So I enjoy being with them and, and training them, communicating with them. So I'm getting to go back to doing the things that I want to do. Yeah. Except now I don't have to do it on such an unrealistic scale where I have to work 15 hours a day. But that's also why I won't be number one mm-hmm. like oh to be number one you gotta like you've gotta every you, you've single gotta thing. Be it's like kobe it's like michael it's like tiger it's yeah. i think sports every the, time the, what people don't understand about being number one is it's a fucking grind oh my god it's a fucking grind there ain't much fun about it and it's a lot of fucking work and there's five minutes of glory in the camera at 1%. the end but there's a thousand fucking hours that took you to get in front of that camera Amen. you know what i mean so so I think now because I'm old enough to know that, I don't want to do it. Yeah. And you could call that lazy. You could call that. Um, but you've yeah. already done it. You've I've done, done it. it, but I just don't want to do it again because yeah. I know there's a price to be paid for that. You know, theoretically, I've got the money to buy the best horses. I've got the facility. And now I finally got the time. The, but the one thing money can't buy is time. Yes. And right now you're running out of time. I'm running out of yes. time. You know, like we're all running. Time is the greatest asset on the planet. It's the one thing that so many people fuck up. Like At fuck 47, up. I'm half past halfway. Correct. This like is my, close. This, yeah. this, this clock Fingers is going crossed. down. Depends on how bad you've <laughs> ruined the body. But yeah, you're, you're close to halfway. I mean, I'm going to be 40 next month. And I mean, my God. Yeah, it's close to close to halfway so uh, to me more it's more about relationships now and fun i'm gonna fly back to australia and see my parents every six months you know because i haven't seen them really in 20 years really you know so relate i'm at an age now call me a pussy where relationships are more important to me family friends you know doing other things because when you're on the grind the way that i was you kind of blow off all that yeah because you kind of have to Mm-hmm. You lose touch with family. You lose touch with friends. You, you become an animal. If you really are going to be number one, I don't give a fuck what sport it is. There's no balance there. 
Mm-hmm. It is 100% wake up thinking about it, do it all fucking day, go to bed thinking about it. And what interrupts that is eating and the occasional fucking. And that's about it. That if you're really going to be number one, yeah. I'm not talking about 10th now. Yeah. Fucking number one. Yeah. That's what it is. And, and, and if you're not naturally talented like me, sometimes that's still not enough. Yeah. But because, again, the guy that's not naturally talented and will do that will always win. You see what I'm saying? I always say I wasn't better than the other clinicians. Yeah. I just outworked them. Yeah. I just took my weakness, which is lack of talent, and fucking outworked them to death. Mm-hmm. If they did 10 expos, I did 20. If they did 10 tours, I did 25. I did more than what they did. My job was to make them fucking miserable. Basically, I wanted them to see me and me and my, what I was doing and give up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Say, I can't yeah. cash this motherfucker. Yeah. You know, that, that's why, like, now that I'm quote-unquote number one in the, in, the, in the horsemanship, where, you know, people who don't know horses, I always say to them, it's like Cesar Milan. He's the dog whisperer. Okay. I'm kind of, you know who he is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do that for horses. Yeah. So take his business model, what he is. He travels all over the world teaching people to communicate. Fuck, we should have started with that. He is, you guys, he is Cesar Milan for horses. Horses, Okay, fuck, perfect. So he travels around the world and has a home study course of how to teach people to deal with fucked up animals and not get killed and, and rehabilitate them and blah, blah, blah. That's what I did for the horse world. Okay. Okay. That's, and, and for lack of people that aren't in my world, I, that's how I describe it to them. Oh. Now, there's a lot more fucking dogs than yeah. what there are horses and things, but that's the same kind of business model. But I was number one in that world. And it doesn't matter what you want to do. If you're going to be number one, it has to consume you. Mm-hmm. You can't be father of the year and number one. Uh, people all say they can, they just fucking can't. Now, if you've got, a great woman at home that raises those kids and is there twenty four seven for them and absolutely devoted to them. I'm not saying those kids can't are, are, are fucked up. They get a lot of loving, nurturing attention, but it ain't happening from a guy that's working 120 hours a week. Mm-hmm. I promise you that shit. Would you have wanted to be fifth instead of number one and had both? I don't. I totally agree with you. In the fact that I don't think there's such thing as balance. I think that there's such, such thing as this seasons. Like, I'll go 150% and then I'll fuck off. And then yeah. I'll go 150 Like, would you have been okay with 5th or 10th? No, no, not with my personality. Yeah. And that's been a big struggle. But that's from, cool that you know that. I think it's no. so helpful that you know that. That's been one of the hardest struggles I've had with now that I'm trying to compete. It's hard to get my ass kicked. Yeah. Like, I'm getting my ass kicked regularly. Yeah. But I have to also come to have a little come to Jesus meeting with myself, Clinton, you're working eight hours a day. Exactly. You're not doing 12. You're not doing 14. You're taking the weekend off. You're going on some trips. Okay. But that's like me with golf. You're it's... not being fucking insane. So yeah. I have to have a little come to Jesus meeting with myself and remind myself what I'm doing here. I'm doing this for fun. I'm doing this for enjoyment. And then I have to remind myself if I want to be competitive I've got to be in the barn 12, 14 hours a day. It's a minimum of six days a week. Other parts of my life, relationships, family, friends will sacrifice. And I already know what that happens when you do that. Yeah. I've been divorced twice. I do not have any children. I know the repercussions of that life. I don't regret it by any means, but I have, you'd be a fool now not to acknowledge what happens to you. And you turn into a fucking animal. Mm-hmm. You actually turn into a pretty... I hate to say it, but fuck it, it is what it is. When you're that focused 
you fucking turn into an animal. You're mm-hmm. kind of an asshole. Like everything mm-hmm. about your world is self-centered. Mm-hmm. The, you're interrupting my training session. Mm-hmm. I can't talk to you now, mom. I, I got to go. I got to work. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry. I'd love to make you do your birthday party, but I got a tour that weekend. You know what I mean? You're self-centered. Everything around your world is don't take me off my mission. Like I read an autobiography of, of Schwarzenegger one time and he didn't make his dad's funeral because he had a, a contest he had to go to. So half the audience says, what a piece of shit, he missed his dad's funeral. And the other half of the audience, people like me that understand what it takes to be number one, said, I, I can understand that. It's not nice. It's not fun. I'm sure he felt bad about it, but I understand why he picked it too. Because when you're that close to the end of competition and you're, you're that close to fucking stepping on stage, you got, there's no room for error at that point. Yeah. You know what I mean? So people that don't compete don't gather that. They can't comprehend how many hours went into that one particular performance now. When I was starting my business, a good friend of mine, I don't, do you listen to country music? Mm-hmm. Jamie Johnson, he's a good buddy of mine. He's been on the podcast before. He was doing a show down in Louisiana. He calls me. He's like, we got a jet. We're going to George Strait's uh, charity event in Cabo, founded by the Crocs shoes guy. I'll pick you up. You can be my partner. And I had to say no. Like, yeah. Who on the planet says no to fucking George Strait's private party in fucking Cabo? No one. But I had to. I had to say I was hosting an event like a month later and I wasn't prepared and I had to say no. Like you have to say there's certain things you have to say no to. You do very much so. Yeah. Like I'm ashamed to say it, but other than Christmas and fucking Easter, I don't know what public holidays are. Yeah. I couldn't name them. Yeah. Part of me is embarrassed that I don't even know what they are. And the other part of me says, motherfucker, I didn't have time to be embarrassed. I was humping it. Yeah. That, that's kind of what, there is no days off. When you're self-employed or you're trying to be number one, it, it has to consume you. Yeah. So, so I just don't want to do that. I, I, I don't want to, I'm not willing to pay the price anymore. Even though I don't like getting my ass kicked, I don't, I'll never like that. Like I, I was recently riding with a particular trainer that's extremely successful in my industry and um, in the Western industry and very, very hardworking man and successful and I went, I like to ride with him and I like to be around positive people, other people yeah. that are good. And on the third day, I walked up to him and I said, I said, will you answer something really truthful for me? And, I, and he said, yeah. And I said, I really appreciate it. And um, he, I said, when I get around you, I feel really guilty. And he said, why? And I said, because you're fucking humping it. You're starting at 5 a.m. You finish at six or seven o'clock at night. You're out here six days a week, six and a half doing it. And I said, I used to be you. I used to be fucking you. And I said, when I get around you again, I feel like a bum because I'm starting at eight and I'm finishing at four. And I feel like a lazy bum when I get around you because I used to be fucking you. We were in different, we were in horses, but different industries. And he looked at me and I, and I, and I said to him, I said, am I doing the right thing doing what I'm doing? And he looked at me and he said, yeah. Yeah, he said, you think I wouldn't trade places with you? I'd trade places with you in a heartbeat. Yeah. He said, you don't think I'd want to do the hours you do and have the money you do? He said, you're not fucking up, Clinton. Yeah. Enjoy it. Let go of the guilt and just enjoy your horses. He said, I have to be out here. I'm a hamster on a fucking hamster wheel. I can't get off it. Yeah. I got too much debt. I got too much shit going on. I have to fucking hump it this much. And he kind of helped me let go of some of that guilt. Does that make sense? Because I was, because I used to be him. Yeah. And, and when I got, and when I, when I see him working that much, it's like, God, I fucking did that for 20 something years. Maybe I need to get back to it again. 
And when he looked at me and he said, I'd fucking trade places with you in a heartbeat, I kind of let the guilt go. Yeah. Do you ever think, I, I'm a huge proponent of the experience of life. Do you ever think about the experience of life? What do you mean by that? So like, I want the best experience of life. Like today, perfect experience of life. Getting to come up here and like, I'm just, I live in a constant, like, and I haven't always done this, Jesus. It's only been like 13 years that I've learned to train myself to do this, but I am in constant gratitude for my life. Every experience that I have, I am so in constant gratitude. It does not mean that shit, like I have to go to a funeral tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like, doesn't mean life is always good, but I'm just so grateful for the experience of life. And like your experience now of life of like being able to like do this or like go to dinner or fuck off with your girlfriend or travel to mm-hmm. Australia and do that. Like there's so much gratitude in the experience of life when you actually think about it. Like I, I just get obsessed about the experience. Like you now get to create your own experience, whatever that looks like, mm-hmm. and just be so excited about that. <laughs> um, no, I don't. Maybe you're a fucking freak. I am okay? a freak, but I like I for 27 years of my life, I like literally wasn't. But now I'm just like everything. I, I'm so excited maybe about. I am what you're describing, but I describe it a different way. Yeah, I'm a lot more in the moment. Yes, this is stupid. It's kind of embarrassing, but this will give you a level of fucking insane. I was. You ask what's different about now experience in life. I'm more in the moment now. Yeah. I live more in the moment and I enjoy the moment. Yeah. And one stupid story that I could explain this for most of my career. And again, I'm not proud of this. So yeah. I'm going to start out by saying this. I've done a lot of shitty things in my career, but for most of my career, I never tasted food. Yeah. I just ate and ran like in, especially in the first 10 years, if you traveled with me, we drive to the next clinic and we pull into a, a restaurant at noon, I would sit down pick up the menu, and by the time the lady came by to give us water, I would know what I wanted, what I had to do, and if you were eating with me, you better fucking too. Because mm-hmm. we were ordering and getting the fuck out of there. Yeah. And when that food came, I ate like a crazy prisoner but never eaten, and i just get up and leave. Mm-hmm. And you knew that if you were in my car or you were in my team or you were in my truck, I was going to fucking leave you. Like, no shit, I was just going to drive off. So you either, you know, perish or, you know, keep up or perish, motherfucker. That, like, I was like that. Mm-hmm. I was insane like that. I never tasted food because it was just energy to move on to the next chapter. It, I was just eat and run, eat and run. Now I can actually eat something and think, man, this fucking tastes all right. Yeah. I can enjoy the experience now. So what I do with life now is I can be in the moment more which has been very difficult my whole career because I've been so driven. It's like I had a fucking guy behind me with a whip and I was like a horse on a chariot, just running. And somebody was whipping, but the person whipping me was me. Does that make sense? So now I don't have anybody whipping me anymore. So I'm embarrassed to say it, but I used to drive through a town that I'd lived in and I'd look over and say, how long has that building been there? And somebody would say, it's been here for 10 years Mm -hmm. because I wouldn't notice it. Yeah. Because I was so fucking, like, I've got so many goddamn speeding tickets, it's not even funny. Like, I've hired seven fucking attorneys. They've all fired me. You know, I bribed congressmen. I fucking bribed everybody in the world because of so many speeding tickets. But I've gotten my career. Because I've always fucking drove 9-0. Just Mm -hmm. go, go, go. Time's money. Time's money. Time's money. You know what I mean? So probably to answer the question, I just, I can, I can, I'm doing a better job. I haven't got it mastered. 
but I'm doing a better job of maybe just enjoying the experiences of life now. Like, you know, when you read the color code, he always says, reds build the bridges, but we never take the time to walk back across them to appreciate them. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm older and, and, and Krista, my partner, kind of helped me with this, you know, one time a few years, right when I kind of got retired, she said, she said, um, there's this thing we have called the X drive where it's a file in their company computer system that shows all the documents of our whole company and everything we've ever done. And she came to me one day and she said, I just spent five hours looking through all this. And she said, I didn't even get, you know, 10% through it. And she said, it's literally amazing what you have created here. And I kind of stopped and I had to think about it. Like, it didn't think it didn't mean anything to me. It didn't register in my head. And so she's helped me kind of pat yourself on the back, whatever the fuck you want to call it, but step back a little bit and say, man, we fucking built an awesome bridge. But when you're in that moment, you don't stop. You build it and you look for the next bridge and you build it and look for the next one. Reds build the bridges and skyscrapers and we move the fuck on because looking back is back in the past. So now at my stage of life, I kind of might look back at the bridge and say, oh, I like this about it. Maybe I'll do that a little bit different next time, blah, blah, blah. So I suppose I can enjoy the experiences more now um, and look back on some of the bridges uh, rather than just run to the next one. Yeah. Do you live in gratitude? What do you mean by that? The gratitude, gratitude of the smallest things ever, like the gratitude of like, that cocktail, like this experience, like the car you drive, the sunset, the quiet with the horses, your girlfriend, Kristen, whatever it is. Do you live in that state? Or do you, have you ever even been conscious about that? Have you ever even thought about that? I've thought about it one time. Yeah. Stupid story, but it is the truth. I was very proud of being retired at 43 because yeah. in my industry, that's unheard of. To have the money that I had and to retire at that age is nobody does that shit ever. Nobody has done. And I wanted to treat myself. So I bought a brand new Porsche, 911 Turbo S, paid 230000 for it. And I remember driving that, whole, that car home from the dealership from Dallas. And I got out of it and I just walked around it just for like 10 minutes. And I've never done this. It's kind of embarrassing, but I've never done this my whole life. I don't know if I've done it since actually, but I did it in that moment. I, it was purely just a treat. There was no money to be made from it. It wasn't a business decision. You know, everything I've ever bought was always about how to make more money, how to make, grow the business. You know, I rarely, even though I've spent a lot of money in my career, I, I rarely up to that point have ever spent any money on me. Like just for me, fuck off money. Pure go fuck yourself. This is just fun money. Mm-hmm. Most of all my money was spent on marketing, branding, making more money, horses to sell, whatever it was. And I just took 10 minutes and I walked around that car. I thought about all the old lady dick I had to suck to get it. I thought about all the fucking thousands of clinics that I did in the middle of fucking cow fields all over the country, all over the world. I just kind of took it in. It was a little, I cried a little bit. It was a little emotional for me. Now it's gay as fuck, but it was. It was a little emotional for me that I fucking made it. I just got to buy this car with cash, not borrow. A lot of motherfuckers can borrow shit. A lot of people brag about what they buy. It's the bank's motherfucking money. You can't pay it back. Buy shit with cash. Now we'll see how fucking rich you really are. Grant Cardone always says, if you can't buy two in cash, you can't buy one. That's right. Buy it in cash and let's see how fucking rich you are. Yeah. Okay. So buying that car in cash, 
and just enjoying the moment that I could do it. That was the first time I've ever, maybe what your words were, enjoy the experience or whatever you describe it to. Normally I don't do that because that's kind of, because I would have come home and ran in the house. Yeah. Worked on the next project. Yeah. Does that make sense? But that was one moment. That was a badass fucking car. It was cool as shit. I enjoyed it. And it was just for me. It wasn't for anybody else. It wasn't to brag. It was my fucking gift to me. Mm-hmm. It was my gift to me of here's 25 years of working like a fucking slave. Get after it. Here's your reward. Y'all, I am unbelievably grateful at how many of you are resonating with this podcast. I also know that many of you are asking yourself, gosh, what difference in my life and my business would it make to have a coach walking beside me day in and day out to make sure I show up deciding it is my turn. You guys, this is exactly what I do in my coaching practice. And I would love to jump on a free discovery call with you to see if you and I would be the perfect fit to make sure you show up every single day confidently in your purpose, making a profit and living a life that you love. Check the show notes to book that call or the link in my Instagram bio. Were you proud of yourself? You talk about like all the things you had to do, but are you proud of like that you did the thing? Like that's the, like to me, that's the the flip side of what you're talking about. Like, are you proud of you that you woke up at two in the morning and worked harder than anyone else and did all the things that no one else in this world has, in the horse world had ever done? Like, yeah, but not in the moment I wasn't. Yeah. Because when you're in the moment, you're too busy to be proud. No, but like when you're walking around that car. Oh yes, very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. There, yes, in that one moment, very much so. And and a lot of people hate me for that success too. Mm-hmm. With success comes a bunch of haters too. Oh, totally. You know what I mean? You cannot be successful without attracting a lot of haters. And I've just learned to embrace the haters. They've never bothered me. But now that once – everybody loves an underdog. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you become a winner, they, they fucking want, hate you guys. They want and you they to want fall. The next, they exactly. want the next underdog to win. Yes. You know what I mean? America is the great underdog story. <laughs> yeah. Rocky. And once Rocky wins, fuck you, Rocky. We want the next guy to win. That's exactly so, right. So, you know, now the haters fucking hate on me, and I kind of giggle about it and laugh about it because when they're really hating on you, it means you've won. It, it means, means you've your done success. something right. Yeah. Because people don't hate on a loser. People don't hate on the homeless guy in the corner of the street. They hate on the billionaire. Mm-hmm. You know, and not everybody, of course, but a lot of people do. Yeah. People, people, when they see success, I think people fall into one or two categories. You, when you see somebody really successful, you either fall into a category that I'm in where I admire that, I can appreciate that, I want to learn from that. It motivates I wanna, you. It motivates me. It makes me try harder. I want to dig into them. It gives me energy to see how successful they are. Or you fall into the victim fucking category where you blame them, you're a victim, they had lucky, they were part of the lucky sperm club. You make up 10,000 fucking reasons why you're not them. Mm-hmm. And none of them are right. But the main one is you, you didn't have the balls to do what that person did. You didn't have the guts, the courage, the stamina, whatever it is. You know, most people that have made a lot of fucking money have all gone bankrupt at least once or twice. I was this fucking far from going under and down under and going back to Australia with the same fucking $400 I showed up with. You know what I mean? Because most people that have made a shit toll of money, they're half crazy. You've got to be half crazy to make that kind of money. You've got to drive that fucking car right up to the edge of that cliff. Mm -hmm. Not three feet back. I mean, fucking drive up there and slam on the brakes and feel confident you're going to stop 
right before the edge of the cliff. But often in life, we misjudge that a little bit and we, we go over the cliff. Mm-hmm. So most people that have made a lot of money have been bankrupt at least once, some twice, some three times, but they always come back. Even though they go bankrupt, they, they make it back again because of their personalities and who they are and, and fail, failure is not an option. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But to be successful, you've got to be borderline not fucking right in the head, mm-hmm. in my opinion. It's, yeah. Opinions like assholes, everybody's got one. Yeah, I love it. Um, I would encourage you, like, just throwing it out there, mm-hmm. take it or fucking leave it. Try to live in that state when you're walking around that car. It's fucking amazing what yes. comes to you when you're in that state. It's crazy batshit mm-hmm. what happens when you're in a constant state of, like, experience or gratitude or whatever you want to call it. So the last question I always ask my my guests is, is there ever been a decision you were afraid to make that once you made it, it turned out to be fantastic? If not, what was the lesson? Everything I've done, I fucking jumped in. Yeah. Feet first, hands first, in. Now, I had some fucking crash and burn moments. Yeah. There's been a ton of shit that I tried to do. But you've failed. always just been But willing. I've always jumped in. That's fucking Here's cool. what I've done. I, I always had a team around me. I've always tried to do this. Because of my lack of education, quote unquote, traditional education, like, you know, I, I didn't graduate high school, never went to college. I can read at fucking a fifth grade level. That's really the honest truth. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's why I suck at teleprompters and I sound like fucking Joe Biden. Like Joe Biden <laughs> seems, Joe Biden, when that motherfucker reads a teleprompter, oh, he looks classy it's compared so to me. Bad. Like it's seriously, so it's, it's that so fucking bad. bad when I read a teleprompter. Then don't do it. Sam said jump, jump said jump, green ham and eggs. Like that's how I fucking sound. I'm not right in the head. Okay. So maybe it's because of a little bit of embarrassment about a lack of education on my end, but I've always tried to surround myself with people that are better than me in a different industry. So I've always said, if you want to learn something in America, somebody else knows what you want to know. Absolutely. Go find them, go hire them, go consult with them. You don't have to go to school to do it. Somebody will sell you that shit if you want to go look for it. So during my my peak years of my business, we'd have a conference room and I'd have 10 managers around me. And I would always say, this is what I want to do. And then I'd say, tell me why you love it or fucking hate it. And I'd, and you have to build confidence in these people to tell the boss he's full of shit. You have to really encourage them to say, I think you're batshit crazy. It will never work, except I want their honest to God truth. So I'd hear everybody around the conference room, why they love or hate my fucking idea, or if you've got a better idea. And once I listened to everybody, I'd say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And what I'm going to do might be your idea or not mine. It might be a combination of two or three of yours. It might be just purely the original idea I came up with. It doesn't matter. But once I made that commitment, I fucking moved. I just jumped. Some of them were wrong, okay? A lot of them were wrong for that matter. Lost a lot of money on a lot of deals. But you can't make money on a deal if you're too frightened to jump either. So, so I don't really have any... The, again, the only real regret I ever had is I wish I would have paid attention to the fucking money. You know, one, one story that sticks out of my head about humans... And human nature, and it's the ugly part of humans. And, and, and I think if you just address the ugliest part of humans and understand it's there and be aware of it, it's like having a rattlesnake in your barn. It'll eat birds and rats and mice and all kinds of shit. So that's good. But if you come home drunk and step on him, he'll fucking bite you. So just understand he lives in your barn. And if you understand what he is and that he lives there, he'll never bite you because you're not stupid enough to know You're not stupid enough to not be aware of what he is, okay? So with humans, money is their weakness. 
Anytime somebody's making money from me, I'm instantly distrusting of them in a healthy way because I want to double check. Are you telling me what's best because it's the best information or are you telling me the best because it's what's best for you in your fucking pocket? Yeah. Does that make sense? I just asked that question. Okay. So because of of me not asking those questions about fucking money and and double checking people with that, that was kind of my biggest regret there. But when I when I went almost went bankrupt, like his first year of my whole career, I grossed fourteen million and lost three hundred sixty five thousand or three fifty or something in the same year. I was embarrassed. I, I grossed that much money, fourteen wow. fucking million dollars, and the same year, only one year in my history of my business that I lost money, I lost that much. So I'm devastated. Okay. And I start digging, doing through all the shit that I do now. Check credit card statements. Check uh, sign my own checks. Check everything. Holy shit, do I find some problems? Do I find some leaky holes? I'm, I, I'm fucking cleaning house. Because I'm panicking. I'm about to go bankrupt and fucking under. I owe a lot of money. So I come across this credit card statement. And again, you know, sometimes you've got to find, have a few bloody noses to figure out how the playground works. And there's this credit card statement for like $250 for like XM radio or some shit on, on a guy's credit card that works for me. So I call him in and his manager was a guy that was driving my truck my tour truck all over the country. And uh, I bring him and his manager in. And I said, what's this fucking $250 XM radio charge on this credit card? And the guy says, oh, that's for XM radio. I got it in the truck. And I said, well, who gave you approval to spend $250 of my money on the XM radio? And he said, he said, well, Cooper said I could spend it like that. And then I looked at Cooper and, 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 uh, and he kind of had this dumb look on his face. And I went back to the guy and I said, did you ask me for it? And he looked at me and he said, it's just $13 a month. Like real, real casual. Like, motherfucker, what are you making a big deal of? It's $13 a month for XM radio. And this is one of the times that I had a great fucking comeback right in that motherfucking moment. And this all described to you human, human's nature. So listen carefully. And he said, it's just $13. Like I'm being a cheap ass motherfucker, but I'm not willing to pay $13 a month so he can have XM radio in the truck. You know what I said to him? I said, great. If it's only $13, you won't have a problem paying for it, will you? You know what that motherfucker did? He sat back in his chair and two days later, he canceled that XM radio contract. Cost him $50 to cancel it, but he canceled it. That taught me a valuable lesson. When it's your money, you're the only motherfucker that gives a fuck about it. When, it, when it's their money, nobody gives a shit. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm trying to say? Meaning that, meaning that when I made him pay the, 13, the quote unquote, it's only $13 a month. What the fuck are you making a big deal about? He didn't give a shit. But when I made him pay that $13 a month, he canceled it immediately. Yeah. You see my point there? Mm-hmm. People give a shit about themselves. And once I learned that fucking lesson in business, okay, game on. Now there's the exceptions. There's the one out of 10, like Rochelle, an old, old lady that used to be in my business, Shana Terry and Krista Hamaker and Jeff Davis. And I've got some really Tom and Melissa Sims. I've got a great family around me. There's that. I I try to surround myself in my inner circle with those one out of 10 people. Mm -hmm. 
that treat my money like it's their fucking money. And I treat their money like it's mine too. Yeah. I worry about it. Yeah. Does that make sense? I, I, you know, I act like it's my fucking money. When that guy looked at me and said it's only $13 and I said, well, you won't have a problem paying it then, will you? I got a real harsh slap in the face of human nature right there. Mm -hmm. Nobody gives a fuck about your money except you. So if you don't give a fuck about it, and that was one of my greatest regrets, I thought if you were paying a CFO 150 grand a year, that was his job to give a fuck about my money. Employees will do what you inspect, not expect, as a general rule. Yeah. Not always, but as a general rule. If I'm paying somebody $150,000 a year to manage my money, don't you think they should manage it correctly? But they fucking don't when you're not inspecting their work. So when they know you're inspecting, yeah, I'd say seven out of 10 people try to do a pretty good job. When they know you're watching, does that make sense? Yeah. Like I'll have a time card now, okay? I don't pay any attention to it. But every few, every month or so, I'll go to an employee and say, hey, I noticed there was three more hours on that timesheet last week. What was going on with that? I just want them to know I'm watching. Absolutely. I'm not watching. Yeah. But I want them to motherfucking think I am. Yeah. That will keep seven out of ten thieves honest. Yeah. The other three are going to fuck you anyway. But the seven out of 10 will stay honest when you ask questions like that. Like, what was this overtime over here about? I didn't say it's shitty. I just, I just want them to know I'm watching. I'm down to eight employees now. I used to have 40 of them. I don't watch anymore because I've surrounded myself with great people now. But when I had 40, that's what got me into trouble. I didn't watch. Now, in my defense, sticking up for me a little bit here, you know, like that movie Straight Outta Compton. You ever see that movie? I haven't. Okay. It's a rapper gangster fucking movie. And it's a great movie. But it's the traditional stereotype. The guy's out singing, making music, touring all over the world. And his manager's robbing from him. Embezzling, robbing. It happens to movie stars all the time. All the time, et yeah. I can absolutely relate to that. Not that I was that level of celebrity or not that I was that level by any it's means. It's happened to my, me and my husband. Okay. But, but. When I was out clinicking and traveling, I was a fucking Joe Dirt Carney. When I'm out in the road, I can't be in the office. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? When the cat's away, the mouse will fucking play. And I can't be in both places at the same fucking time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That was one thing I will say. I've had some great, great women in my life, in my personal life. Great women, no regrets about them. We broke up, but great women, love them to death. And most of them actually... All but both my ex-wives are in my will, for Christ's sake. When I die, they get a shit ton of money. You know what I mean? But one thing I will say about my first wife, we didn't get along real well, but she sure as shit paid attention to that money because we were like, most. my, my dad and my mother were the same way, small business owners, okay? Mm -hmm. My dad and mother s stood back to back. So my dad would watch this 180 of the business and my mother would watch this 180 of the business. Mm -hmm. So they were like two back-to-back -back people. When I divorced my first wife, one of the biggest Achilles heels that I had that I didn't realize at the time was all the other people that I put in the money aspect of my business, I really had to pay them. And because I paid them, I thought they would do me a good job where there's nothing like your money. My wife, my first wife, okay, she paid attention to the money because it was fucking hers, wasn't it? Yeah. 
She watched it like a goddamn hawk. Does that make sound? From that point on, I never had, I never dated or was never intimate with another woman that was involved in the business to that level. Mm-hmm. With the money side of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. You ever seen those fucking bears on Discovery Channel that are getting attacked by a, a pack of wolves? So one wolf will run up and, and grab that bear by the ass and he'll spin around to swat it. And as he swats it, another wolf runs up and bites him in the ass. And this poor fucking bear just keeps spinning 360. That's kind of what a lot of my career was after that. Is it was hard for me to catch because I was touring. I was moving. I was always out of the office and because of the people that controlled the money, weren't my kin, weren't married to me, weren't my family, and my fault, 100% take accountability, I wasn't checking checks and balances enough, wasn't checking credit cards, wasn't checking bank statements enough, wasn't checking my shit, because stupidly I thought if you're paying somebody 150 grand a year to be your accountant, this motherfucker should be on top of his game. They weren't. Yeah. Now, if I would have checked it, they, they might have been on their game. Now, are there people like Rochelle and Kristen and Shana and Jeff and people, Tom and Melissa Sims, that run my money now? Yes, they have a vested interest in it and they will check it. But, but don't make it easy for people to steal from. Yeah. Keep the safe fucking locked. Like, like, I had to make myself do it the other day. I, 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 this watch. I paid 40 grand for this watch. It's probably worth 80 now. Rolexes yep. are so oh, yeah. fucking hard to get right now. I almost put it in the drawer of my house. Mm-hmm. And I thought, no, put it in the safe. Put it in the safe. Mm-hmm. That's where it needs to be, is in the fucking safe. Mm-hmm. I trust the lady. I have a full-time assistant that takes care of me and, and yep. does whatever I want. And she's the most honest woman in the world. I think she is. Yeah. But again... Don't make it Don't easy. Don't make it fucking easy. Don't make it easy. Put it in the goddamn safe. Yeah. Take the extra five minutes, open the fucking safe, and put it in it. You I, get my drift? I gotta put our, our shit in the safe. You get what I'm saying? No, I know. I and, totally and, and agree. People think I'm a piece of shit when I say that. Poor you. You're worried about a $40,000 watch. Fuck you. No, I don't but think that. But it's human nature. Yeah. It could be a $5. It could be $40,000. It could be anything. Put it in the safe. You might have a Lamborghini, but you don't park the motherfucker in the ghetto. Yeah. It might have alarms. It might have locks. But don't make it easy for them to steal the fucking tires. Yeah. Park it in the garage where it should be. So that's my only regret in my career is the money. It worked out good. I've got, I'm happy. There's plenty of people with way more money than me, but I've got enough to do what I want to do and enjoy my life and have, have the creature comforts that I want. But if I had to go back to a 20-year-old Clinton, I would tell myself, motherfucker, pay attention to money and who's touching it, who's managing it, and who's influencing it. And make sure they fucking know you're watching. You don't have to be overbearing, but make sure they're watching. Love it. Thank you all so much for joining me on today's episode of the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. If today's episode resonated with you at all, please share it with a friend. Also, head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review and a comment. What is it that you want us to talk about that will help you realize that at any moment and any day, you too can decide it's your turn. I'm Christina LeCure. I'll see you next time.